Welcome again back to the Musings from Recording Classroom. This is Chris Moralia. In today's episode, we are going to be taking a look once again at the struggles and difficulties. Um, it's been a month since I've last recorded and you may be asking why. Uh, well, quite simply, I'm exhausted. Uh, so that may give you a hint on what this episode's going to focus on. So let's first take a look at uh, remote learning. Because it is so new, it's new for everybody. It's new for the teachers, it's new for the students, it's new for administrators, it's new for parents. And you factor all of that in together and it's, it is a, a major, major challenge. Um, I don't have any predictions of what and how long it might take and what improvements will be, but I can certainly give you insight into uh, what I'm dealing with. So first thing I'd like to do is take a look at just the student engagement. There can't be any learning if there's no student engagement. In previous episodes, I've mentioned just getting students to come on screen. And even as a veteran teacher, if we were in a regular classroom, I would know who my students are. And I could honestly say that going into this month, of October and probably going on all the way through the semester, I still won't know who my students are. Um, having them come on screen has presented a major challenge. Um, they are eighth graders, so a lot of them are very self-conscious. Uh, we've worked on some activities, uh, largely out of my frustration, to get students to come on screen. And one of the particular things that occurred was I would put students in breakout rooms and what would happen is nothing happened in the breakout rooms. There wasn't any discussion. Now, these are group breakout rooms of maybe two, three, or four students. And when I would go into the breakout room, nothing would be happening. There wouldn't be any type of discussion. Even though I modeled what it would like, what it would be, it should be like, I gave them prompts, nothing happened. And so I elicited responses from students, and um, some of the students said, look, we don't want to have a discussion with somebody who really don't know who is on the other side. So uh, as I've mentioned before, it's like the Hollywood squares. You look up and you see a bunch of squares and numbers, but there's no faces at all. And that's typically what um, a lot of teachers are dealing with right now. And so I asked my students to come back into the session and I said, all right, we're going to introduce ourselves. Um, you would think uh, we would have done that before. We did do that before on Flipgrid, but it just wasn't the same. So I asked them to introduce themselves, and then I asked them to ask me questions. So we actually did that because we're on a block schedule. We did that for two straight days, and that was able to break some of the ice. But we're back at it this week. Um, a lot of students went back into that shutdown mode. But gradually, there are students that are coming on screen with instruction. And as a teacher, that's always so difficult because you are talking to a blank screen. And that is really frustrating because we are, um, by habit, social animals. And we're used to that interaction in the classroom. We're used to walking around, talking to students. So I try to make my breakout room experiences when I have individual sessions with students in breakout rooms. I request that they come on screen. One, so I know who I'm talking to, and two, because I, as I tell them I need that interaction. 
So that continues to be a struggle in that area. Just the student and social engagement, which is extremely, um, it's difficult for a lot of students as well. There, um, There's a lot of distractions and I've had students say, look, uh, Mr. Moralia, I don't like coming on screen because um, as soon as I turn my mic on, all the background noise, uh, uh, I, I, yesterday there was students that came on screen and there was probably two other siblings that were also learning at the same time so you have all this background noise and they have a hard time hearing me i have a hard time hearing them and so that's a struggle in in a lot of the families that i serve um the the students don't have dedicated learning spaces and that in itself is a issue the other issues um, as you can imagine and this was an issue we also dealt with in the regular classrooms is the cell phones so students using cell phones now with the remote instruction when they're off screen, they're obviously, um, a lot of them are on their phones and they're not even paying attention. We are able to um, remotely track their, their work and we can see when students aren't doing anything at all. And so um, some of the students have readily admitted that they are on their cell phones instead of actually learning. So once again, a, another um, another issue I that prevents learning, another obstacle. Um, I don't have any solutions for that. Uh, I can't monitor them at home. So that's a, in a classroom, it's very different. So we have a controlled environment in the classroom and an uncontrolled environment, wherever they might be learning from. So let's talk pedagogy. If we're talking about online learning, typically you start off the learning by some type of maybe a pre-quiz. Uh, I like the edge of protocols where you quiz the students on the topic of the day and then you go into the learning mode and then you have an assessment at the end of the session. And then with your lessons though, one of the things that's occurring is if you, if for myself, when I plan a lesson and it's very detailed, the lesson that I plan and I utilize Pear Deck and uh, the Google platform ends up running, if I plan for one day, it ends up running two days or sometimes three days. The issues of disconnectivity, students coming in and out of the classroom prevent the fluidity of the lesson. And I don't spend a lot of time doing direct instruction. I do a lot of time I spend a lot of time actually giving instructions, but not the actual instruction itself, because quite frankly, students will just turn off. And uh, most people know that you, 10 minutes is the max for even regular in-class instruction, direct instruction, and then you have to move to some other activity. Online learning, it's uh, you even have to truncate that amount of time that you're in front of and uh, talking to the students. So it's important to come up with activities that are readily engaging. Uh, one of the things that I've utilized, uh, I've utilized uh, slide decks or pair decks, slide decks with information, but even as I put them together, I always wondered how long is this gonna take and what ended up happening is I had to start extracting or deleting uh, slides because the students just couldn't get there. So a reading assignment that let's say it's from a newzella or information on a, a slide could take 15 to 20 minutes. 
um, in a classroom, it might take five. And so that in itself is a struggle. Just the the learning, what the actual learning taking place and the engagement, the students are being distracted. And and it's I, I could watch, I could see, for example, on Pear Deck, you could actually monitor what the students are doing. So I actually have them do things like underlining texts, things that I could see if they're following along. Um, the, the other important thing is to give them an assessment that is engaging. And one of my successes is the use of choice words, um, where my students recently have produced, um, I'm giving them a flip grid, but it's not just a regular flip grid. They have to incorporate all of the all of the different bells and whistles of Flipgrid. And I'm also utilizing Google Slides uh, templates with cartoons. And I'm seeing some fantastic work produced by some of the students. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of students that are checked out. Um, and the frustration there is you want students to be successful, but they're, they're not. And in a typical, in my typical classroom, there are, there are a lot of students who struggle. Uh, because I do have high expectations and I do expect them to do the work. Um, I've had to track back quite a few times with students who have requested that I give them extra time because of disconnectivity. Uh, we do have discussions about that and I make sure that they are communicating with me about that. So there are some positives that come from this whole experience. Uh, from the student side, we see students who are now actively engaged in their learning. They're taking ownership of something's wrong. They're sending emails. And of course, you talk about emails and that's a whole nother issue, how to send a proper email. Um, I resorted to when I get an email that has a heading, um, the whole contents in the heading, um, I actually send them a, a little snapshot of a uh, how to send a proper email. So I'm trying to teach them the, the life skills they need with this as well. Um, but. I, because I have office hours appointments, I have a lot of students lately that have been taking advantage of that, um, especially because I could give that one-on-one -on -one instruction. I could show them how to do something. Um, they could screen share, I could screen share, and it appears that they're benefiting from that. So um, as you can imagine, all of this amounts to a lot of work, uh, 10 hours a day, sometimes 11 hours a day, um, early in the morning, going into the evening, and at night, uh, preparation, just trying to figure out what is the ideal lesson uh, for the students. You have to remember that we're planning every single day. Um, the way I work, I don't like to go to canned lessons because I, I like to have that ownership of creating the lessons. Um, there are some lessons, some platforms that work fairly well when you're just completely exhausted. Nearpod has them. Um, the TED Talks are always very good. Uh, the, other, the other thing is when we talk about a mental exhaustion just to, and the emotional exhaustion as well. As a department in, at my school, as a history department, um, many of us are because we have our, our student load is close to 250 students. Um, we teach seven periods and that in itself is really, really exhausting. So we've come to the conclusion that we can't teach five days a week. Um, we have alternating Wednesdays with our block schedule with odd and even, and we've decided that we are going to go to a model where on Wednesdays, it's either a makeup day or we're just going to do current events. It's not going to be any type of graded assignments. 
because what ends up happening is, as you can imagine, just with the planning itself, the workday just becomes prolonged and you, you have to take time for yourself. And that being said, um, at 2.30, I walk away from my computer. Now, that's not saying that I don't come back to it, but it means that I usually give myself a half hour to an hour break, and then I will, um, sometimes two hours, then I'll come back and start working for another two or three hours. So, as I preface the, the introduction, talking about just being exhausted, being mentally exhausted, and not even having the energy to, uh, in this case, to produce a podcast, um, that is where, that's where we're at. That's that's pretty much where we're at. Once again, very thankful for all the teachers who share their resources on Twitter, um, and you know those that's, those become my go-to when I am out of ideas. I just go to the various people in the Twitter network. And I was talking to a, a first-year teacher the other day, and we were talking talking about how Twitter is our go-to as well. So that's all I have for this week. I hope you join me again. I will uh, hopefully be back next week um, with a little more energy as I learn to um, just navigate this whole uh, online learning and uh, all the twists and turns and the curves that come with it. So thank you for joining me and have a great week.